When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, NBA Draft Junkies, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, Lakerholics.com, and the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. We wanted to go ahead and give everybody a heads up what's going on for tomorrow, previewing the Lakers game also coming up as well. There's a good game between San Antonio and Memphis, so we want to go ahead and preview what's going on in the Western Conference. I do want to give a quick update, and also if you guys want to share some thoughts on as well, on the Eastern Conference so far. As it's being played now, it's an early lead for Boston hosting Washington right now. And we will update you with that as we go on through the hour. The earlier game today in the Eastern Conference play-in was Indiana destroying Charlotte at home 144 to 117. And I think Raphael on his Twitter, at Barlow500, said it best. It doesn't look like they're quitting on their coach at this point in time. So a great performance by Indiana, who was short Karis LeVert. I think also a short Miles Turner as well. DeMontis Sabonis went crazy on the boards from when I was watching. And, uh, you know, they were going crazy from the three-point line. So definitely a great win for Indiana. Maybe they can take that momentum into the playoffs with another victory against whoever loses tonight's Washington-Boston game. But here today to talk about maybe that game or what's going on in Washington. But, of course, what's going on in the Western Conference are three great guests indeed. I'm going to start off with the man himself because he, he showed up first. It is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, I know we're going to get heavy into the Lakers game against Golden State tomorrow. I know we're also going to be able to touch on San Antonio and also as well Memphis. That They're playing in the other playing game tomorrow. But any thoughts so far on the Eastern Conference as it's laying shape right now? That was a pretty impressive uh, game by Indiana Pacers. Uh, they got Brogdon back, which obviously helped a lot. Uh, took 43-point shots and demolished uh, the Hornets. Uh, looked like the Hornets coach would be the one that would be on the uh, hot stove, but uh, we'll have to see. You know, they definitely, I think Raphael's right. Uh, that was a heck of a performance by the Pacers, and 
their backup center looked pretty good. Miles Turner might be available this summer. Well, you mean Gogo Patatze? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's been someone who has uh, developed over the past couple months. I think someone who they're starting to rely more and more. And yes, as we talked about on today, yesterday's show with Raphael Barlow, and if you didn't check that out, please do so. It was a great conversation with Raphael. We talked about Miles Turner possibly being a trade target out there for Portland, the Lakers, and anybody else that's out Netflix. there. So, yeah, exactly. Anybody who needs a good shooting big man that can block some shots. So he is no going to come at a high premium. Go ahead, Rafael. No everybody. Yeah. To me, it just makes the most sense in New Orleans. They got to do something with Stephen Adams and the contract that uh, David Griffin signed to him. That's that's a hard one to get rid of. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but he's regretting that now. Yeah, exactly. But also here today is a good man indeed. You got to check him out on NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, and the NBA for as far as the draft is concerned. No better place to go also as well as the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast every Monday and Thursday. It is Rafael Barlow. Very impressive win for Indiana. Do you think they can take that momentum wherever they're traveling to, whether it's Washington or Boston, and come out with a victory? Especially without Karis LeVert. That's going to be tough. But then again, I, I didn't think that they would um, look as good as they look today. I mean, last I saw they had like 144 points. I don't know what they finished with. Charlotte looked like they were the ones that um, <laughs> are having issues with their with their coach. Yeah. And I mean this, I mean, like I said, they they look like well, they did not look like a team that's having issues with their coach. Guys on the bench looked like they were having fun. And I mean, they were scoring. I think that was one of the reasons why they decided not to bring Nate McMillan back is because they wanted an offense that moves the ball a little bit more, that puts up more points. And um, today they look like the team that they envisioned before the season started, minus, you know, all the injuries. I think well, they only had like two of their projected starters playing. And even with Brogdon, I think he was like a game-time decision. So at one point they were probably only – Sabonis was the only starter. Uh, and he did a whale of job on the boards. Uh, yeah. He ended up with just over 20 rebounds, just a, an incredible game by him. And with Charlotte, I mean, there's no way they could stop anything in the paint. And, of course, when the Pacers with Holiday chucking up threes, Doug McDermott chucking up threes, Dougie Buggins, I think it was his nickname, uh, Malcolm Brogdon having a really, really solid game as well. It's just amazing to see what was going on. And they got a lot of rest, too. I know that they kind of packed it in at, at the end of the third quarter so because the game was over by then. So, yeah, there, there could be uh, some uh, chance that they could pull it out, whether they're in Washington or Boston. But also here today for today's show is a good man indeed. you got to check out his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. I When you rest that fourth quarter like most of the players did that started for Indiana, that's got to be a big boost if you're going to play a couple of days from now. Yeah, I mean, the playoffs are a little more spaced out. I'm not sure it means as much as it would during the special. Well, they, they play on Thursday. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a, I guess that's basically how the whole compressed season has gone this season. This yeah. Time. Game, day, game, day, game, day. Back-to-back game, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty rough. So I, I think any rest for anybody at this point is probably a big thing. They're a pretty young team. There's there's not a lot of aged vets on Indy. So, I, I, I you know, I think that momentum is bigger than rest for them. I think they're, they're building, they can build some momentum off this. 
it's one game. They're playing one more game to get in. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's great for that franchise. I mean, like we all, that's why they play the games, right? Nobody picked Indy to win here. They are, you know, and there's, there's something to be, it's always nice when the underdog comes through or when expectations are dashed on the rocks of reality. Speaking of, you know, players not playing for their coaches or coaches we expect to see gone, it's interesting to see that Luke Walton will remain in Sacramento today. That was kind of an interesting... Uh, I can't believe that. That's I know you can't believe it. For like the last six months, that's been like your your, your siren call of, uh, bye Luke, see you Luke. That's, you know what that tells me? That is an organization that wants to save money. Well, he, yeah. he survived the, the scandal. Like, even though... Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like anything came out of it. I don't think a lot of coaches would have survived just the the negative PR that surrounded it. And well, it's also the happened. NBA's statistically worst defense ever. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it is statistically the worst defense ever, and that that to me, I just blew me away that he would actually uh, stay on after that. Well, I think didn't at one point they just went like seven out of their last ten without Fox. I think that probably yeah. saved him. Yeah, agreed. They had a couple streaks like that where they they would lose nine out of ten and then win nine out of ten. So yeah. It was a real Dr. Jekyll Hyde type of situation there. You never know what's going through the minds of the Sacramento ownership. <laughs> Saving money is anything going through the minds of Sacramento? <laughs> well, remember the uh, the owner who I think yeah. is still the owner wanted to go ahead with that novel concept of playing four on five on the defensive end and just have someone cherry picking on the other end. Yeah, he well, came up with that philosophy, and that was kind of like, not sure. That's yeah, <laughs> but they do have some. I mean, Fox Halliburton, they do have some uh, nice things that are there. Great players that I think will develop uh, even more. But they've got a lot of issues. I mean, the Bagley draft choice is going to haunt them forever. I really think that's going to haunt them forever. Yeah. I mean, what did you have, Rafael, when you were back when you when you were doing mock drafts, and and I think I was doing mock drafts too. Did you foresee this happening with Marcus Bagley? No. I mean, I didn't think he was very skilled. I knew that he was super athletic and he had somewhat of a motor. And, I mean, he just has some physical tools you can't teach. But, I mean, just from talking to, like, people that I, I know that I've played against him, understand that he has, like, improved his overall skill. It's just the toughness aspect of being tough and physical and, you know, the word soft has been thrown around. And so one of the examples was someone said, yeah, if he had you on the post, he would shoot a jumper. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair it's enough. not a tag you want. Uh, it's not a tag you want for your career. <laughs> no, no. But before we get into the main event right now, as far as the Lakers and Golden State, let's quickly run through what's going on with San Antonio and Memphis. So it is San Antonio going into Memphis I want to hear your thoughts, Laker Tom, first off on San Antonio as they kind of backtracked in because at some at one point they were as high as seventh, I believe, in the Western Conference and kind of just, you know, slid through the back door, not playing very well on the way out. But Pops, this is the playoffs. We're going to say essentially the playoffs start today with Pops out there. Anything is possible as far as from a coaching standpoint. So he may be able to motivate these teams to – beat a young team like Memphis at Memphis? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to play at both sides of the host. My friend. I think Memphis is, Memphis is going to destroy them. Um, and, and San Antonio is a funny team because 
they've gone from this sort of idealistic team that everybody pointed to as as the ideal small market team that could win championships as a Hall of Fame coach, et cetera, et cetera. And starting with the whole Kawhi Leonard situation and uh, things seemed to go downhill and they, they made trades that were trades to prevent people from going to certain teams rather than trying to get the best return on their money. And they've got some good young players and then they've got a bunch of veterans who, you know, that they've basically got rid of this year and, uh, and still been able to at least be among the top 10 teams. I don't think that they're going to have any chance of beating the Grizzlies, but I do think that they have a couple of young players in there that are very talented. The question is whether they're going to build around them. None of them are really, they're like maybe twos and threes on a good contending team. They don't have anybody who's really the number one. And that's the problem. And if you get caught in the middle like they are, where where you're just barely making the playoffs, but you're not getting a high draft pick, it's not the way to rebuild. I agree, 100%. And it's a lot of redundancy on their roster, I feel like. Yeah. A lot yeah. of guys for the same position. Even, even the young guys and the old guys, you know, they're yeah. very similar. It's like they got a pattern, you you know, and, and they've always said, is this guy a spur? Is it going to play spurs basketball and so forth? And, uh, you know, they made some exceptions when they got out, brought in Aldridge and so forth. Uh, but there still is, there still is a pattern there that that's kind of perplexing. I don't know if Memphis is going to destroy San Antonio. I think they're, they're going to handle San Antonio. I don't think, um, I don't think San Antonio has anybody that can stop and few teams do have, can stop John Morant. And I just think Memphis is better, but if, you know, it depends on if, you know, the, th- the crazy thing about this playing game and it's what should worry Laker fans a little bit is that a team can, can get, can catch fire and start hitting threes. And, you know, these are all professional basketball players. They all work hard. Team can get hot and, you know, a little luck, couple lucky bounces here or there. And suddenly it's a game that nobody expected to be as hard as it was. And, you know, it's going to be a good test for, for Memphis. So there's not a lot of playoff experience on that roster. And I don't know if that's going to swing a series. It might swing a game like this, like a play-in game. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. That's the thing you got to remember is that, you know, even though that they may not be the same talent-wise, I still think that Pops, you know, whether you love him or you hate him, you got to go ahead and give him credit on being able to navigate his way through five championships that I'm going to say right now that I'm going to say it's a close game, but I think Memphis, like you said, because it's being played at Memphis and John Morant has the ball. I think if he has 
a good game. I don't think uh, that San Antonio is going to be able to pull it out. So I think uh, Jaw is just an unbelievable talent. I mean, Raphael, I mean, your thoughts on this before we go ahead and head on to the game in question and the reason why most of us are here, or at least all of us are here. Yeah, well, I'm, like I'm hoping Memphis wins. I mean, I think they'd be more exciting to watch. I'm just kind of ready for the Spurs to move on into the next phase of their lives. <laughs> never gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think Pop wants to rebuild, but I mean, he might as well. He already has a team full of young guys anyway. Right. A lot of guys on rookie contracts. Yeah, I'm just ready for them to just to just move on, get out the way, and and let someone else have it. So I'm, I'm hoping Memphis wins. And I just feel like the Grizzlies have been overachieving the last couple of years. Now Jackson is healthy. And, uh, yeah, I think it would be exciting to see, you know, Morant versus the Jazz and how, how they, you know, will fare against that defense. And, yeah, so I'm, I'm the fan of me does not want to see the Spurs. <laughs> it's so funny because B. Garcia, who is – uh, watching right now and in the chat and who's one of our best fans that's out there and thank you so much for watching and listening it's so funny because uh he is in based right now and lives in san antonio and all i've seen from his boo spurs boo spurs boo spurs <laughs> and uh he commented they can come sit next to me and watch la do the work so it's uh, it's so funny that the has such a passionate against like elrod he's in detroit and he does not like the pistons so there you go it's so funny but that's the way Lakers fandom works. We're all around. We're all over. So we truly appreciate it again. But the main reason why we're here, guys, obviously in our plan preview is, of course, what's coming up for tomorrow with the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. And Laker, Tom, I'm going to start with you. When it comes down to it, I mean, obviously, Stephen Curry, the NBA scoring champ, the reigning scoring champ. He's going to be a primary concern, and I know we touched on this before as far as not letting anybody else get off substantially and seeing what we can do to limit the number of points per shot. I think points per shot when it comes to Stephen Curry is the key. Can you make him shoot 20, 25, 35, 45 to get the same commensurate around the points? Like If he makes 40 points, make sure it's like on 40 shots. Yeah, I think that uh, the Lakers have done a good job on that. Uh, uh, KCP's always had good numbers against uh, Steph. And I think the main lesson that the Lakers have to take from this entire situation is what you don't want to do is allow the Warriors to hang in there, to be close. You have to go out there and you've got to crush them right from the start and make this a 20-point game so that Steph can't pull pull a, a rabbit out of the bag. There's no way... I frankly think that they should start Anthony Davis. I know they're not going to do that. They're probably going to start Drummond. I worry a little bit about Drummond playing against such a savvy defender and and passer as uh, Draymond Green, because I think that the Warriors are going to go small against the Lakers, just like they did against against the Grizzlies. And so it's, I think it's important to come in really focused to understand that uh, this is not like a seven-game series where if you blow the first game, you can recover and win the next four. This is like if you blow a 10-point lead in the first half or allow the other team to stay close and you get into the end of the the game, you can easily lose a game. So we need to go out there really hard. We need to crash the boards. We need to dominate in the paint. We need LeBron and AD to really school the guys who are going to guard them. 
and we should be able to walk away with a wire-to-wire win. It's a great test, both on the Lakers' ability to focus this early in the this early in the playoffs, or I guess it's not even the playoffs; it's considered to be postseason, but not playoffs. And then I also think that's a it's a key position for Frank Vogel. We're going to, in addition to seeing, you know, two guys that have gone against each other 38 times in the past, including 22 times in the playoffs, we're going to get a chance to see Frank Vogel and and get a hint as to how he's going to handle the center position because he's going to get probably the best small ball team that's out there starting right up the get-go. And uh, we'll have to see, can uh, Andre Drummond really play defense and make the rotations, be in the right spots at the right times? That's a big question. You know, there you know that Steph is going to hunt him on pick and rolls over and over mercilessly. And he's going to love just being able to get him all alone out there guarding him one-on-one. You know, the Lakers are going to double and trap and try to put the ball in anybody else's hands and and hope to be aggressive in that sense. So uh, it's a microcosm of what we're going to expect to see in the playoffs. How will LeBron and AD come out of the blocks? How will the Lakers' defense look? And how will Frank Vogel act as the coach of the Lakers? Will he make the same dynamic moves that he made last year and, and really give AD the minutes at center he needs to dominate? This will be the first test. Well, with Draymond Green, and I know V. Garcia has that going on in the chat, with Draymond Green, obviously he's a great defensive player in certain situations. I think he's an awesome team defensive player. You know, his hands, the way he can go ahead and steal, uh, obviously the way he can rip the ball from you as you're going up. But he was on after the game against Memphis boasting about his defense and how they put bigger guys constantly throughout his career. And then I see Valanciunas put up 29 against him. It's hard to gauge the kind of defensive measure as far as one-on-one, how good Draymond is. I think he's an extremely good team defender. In fact, one of the best out there in the NBA. I think a key, if the Lakers can get him in any kind of foul trouble, if AD is playing against him, if he's backing him up, backing him up, and you know if Drummond's out of there after a short period of time and the Lakers go small, I think that's a key. But Jamie, your thoughts on Draymond Green, because not only does he do so many things offensively with his passing, with obviously the way he can control the entire offense and set everything up for, for Stephen Curry. He can also just, he, he coordinates the defense in such a way. He's a general back there. I think if you can go ahead and cause problems for him to get him distracted from his overall great team defense, I think that's a way that the Lakers can go ahead and, and knock things out early. I think the biggest key to stopping Draymond Green is making him the primary scorer on the Golden State Warriors. He had a couple of great seasons from three. His three-point shooting has kind of gone down the last few years. Uh, I think you kind of play him the way you would play uh, Alex Caruso. You know, feel free to shoot the ball, buddy, and you, you live with that. You, you have to live – That's the playoffs are all about what do you want to live with after the game. Do you want to live with, well, we really, you know, covered Draymond Green great, but Steph Curry went off for 62 points. What do you want to say? Oh, well, you know, Draymond hit all the shots tonight and scored 30, and they beat us. Uh, I would rather live with Draymond. I think the foul trouble issue is one that plagues the Lakers centers more than it plagues Draymond Green. Both Gasol and Drummond pick up fouls at a uh, pretty high rate over the course of a normal game. But this might work out better for the Lakers because if they go, that that might necessitate going to AD at the five a lot sooner. It could, but it also puts a lot of pressure on your defense for the rest of the game to play defense without fouling and not putting Steph to the line, not putting guys who can make free throw shots on Golden State to the line. So that's a different kind of challenge. I think that the best way to get 
Draymond Green is to get him angry, out playing out of control. And then he does something kind of, you know, loopy and hurts his team, picks up some tees, you know, gets all fired up. In some ways, that's the best way to go after Draymond. But barring, you know, trying to play mind games in a one-game play playing series, I would try to make Draymond, you know, outscore outscore you, uh, outscore yeah. whoever he's guarding on defense, and, and don't let him be – don't let him get 12 assists. Don't let him get – you know, he's going to get his rebounds. He's a great rebounder. He's, he's, he plays with a lot of force and power, and you got to respect that. But make him score the ball. Make him score the ball, and I think that we'll be all right. B. Garcia says, put Jared Dudley on Draymond, and it's all over. Lockdown <laughs> defense. Tell them Laker Tom. Uh, well, you know, did you notice that the last game, the highest – the best ranking defensive player – on the Lakers lineup happened to be Jared Dudley. Oh, dear God. Help I me. just thought I'd throw that in there for you, Gerald. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Jared Dudley. Yeah. There you go. But Raphael, yeah. I wanted to ask you this. I mean, to me, you know, making life hard and miserable for Stephen Curry, obviously at best you can, and to try and limit the number of points. I mean, cause he's obviously going to get his 25, 30, 35, possibly even more trying to make him work for each and every one of those points is probably going to be a key for the Lakers. But to me, it's all also about Draymond green and how much he can control the pace and what's going on on both sides of the ball. Which, you know, naturally you would think that's the game plan. Focus a lot on him. And even like with Draymond, like make Draymond beat you, but he's so smart that he knows like, all right, he'll have the ball. He knows that there's a wide open lane. And him and Steph have this little two-man game where, you know, he, he'll get the ball, they'll have someone set a screen, and then Steph gets open, whether it's like a dribble handoff. I mean, they yeah. just – they play so well together. And then once you spend too much time focusing on Steph, then someone cuts and Draymond finds a cutter. And, I mean, teams have been trying to defend them this way all year by making Draymond beat them. And Steph still averaged 32 a game and shot like 48% from the floor. So I, I think um, the Lakers are just going to have to out-talent them. But the, the key, in my opinion, for not only this playoff game and or play-in game in the playoffs is what is the rotation going to be? I, that was my question last year. Yeah. And I thought Vogel did a good job of not – letting the Eagles get in the way with JaVale starting most of the season to him getting DMP CDs and Dwight end up not really playing in, in some games. I think this year it's even tougher because you have, yeah. you know, you got Gasol, you got Drummond, you got Trez, you got Kuz, Morris, Bron, like all of those guys are really playing the front court and someone's going to get left out. And I, I, you know, I don't know if Drummond and Harrell will have the same maturity if one of them gets left out of the rotation because both of them, if I'm not mistaken, are looking for bigger contracts. Yeah. And Gasol is not going to be the greatest fit on a matchup like this one against Golden State. So that's also got to be a concern. So you might not see much of him tomorrow night in, in, in the game. But I know V Garcia is uh, getting on Jamie's case about Caruso. I mean, with Caruso v. Garcia, I'm just going to say this, that, yes, he did shoot 41% from the three-point area, but I know a lot of his reputation has already preceded him. So teams are willing to go ahead and let him be that scorer or have that scorer mentality. B. 
because he doesn't usually have that score mentality. He's usually reluctant shooter, reluctant score. He likes to go ahead and play off of others, which is one of the keys to his success and why he, you know, has garnered the kind of notoriety that he has. But Jamie, when it comes down to what they need to match up with, I mean, you got to throw different looks at Stefan to at least make his life uncomfortable. I think that's an, I, you know, something that you have to go ahead and do. You can't, yes, you're probably going to give up 40 or more to Steph in a game like this, but you've got to make his life hard. You've got to make his life difficult, and you've got to go ahead and make sure it's on the most amount of shots as possible. I agree. I mean, we, the Lakers have a lot of different look, defenders they can look at. Him. And V Garcia, I'm a huge Alex Caruso fan. I'm probably the number one defender of Alex Caruso on the blog. I love Alex Caruso, but every player has their weaknesses. And one of Alex's is that he is not by nature, a scoring guard. He is by nature, a defense first oriented guy. And then he likes to like Gerald said, play off the ball and, and be a, be a, be a more of a team offensive player as opposed to a me offensive player. And I don't think that's that, that shouldn't be news to anybody. That's, that's who Alex Caruso is. I can't remember when I said this, but I was, I, I think I'm, I'm on record as saying we're going to kitchen sink defense, uh, Steph, and we're going to we're going to throw whatever we can at him. There's a few things that the Lakers like to go to that I don't think are going to work at all against Golden State. Frank likes to mix in zones every once in a while, and I would not do that because that's just going to unlock the three-point shooting of the Golden State Warriors. That's one of the tools that Frank likes to use in the playoffs, but I'm not sure we'll see in this one game. You know, you can't really pressure them full court because they have so many different guys that can handle the ball, and, you know, you know, Raphael brought up a good point. The Draymond Steph connection is it's it's you know it's as close to NBA gold as you get. Like there's there's few players in the league who have been through the battles those two players have been through. There's three really, just one of them isn't playing for Golden State this year because he he's hurt, <laughs> uh, which would have changed everything about the Western Conference this year if uh, if he hadn't been hurt. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, usually I would have, this would have been such a great seven game series. And it's kind of a bummer. I feel like for the, everybody's like, Oh, what a great way to start the plans. I'm like, not really. This would have been much better. Like a couple of games down the line, it would have been a lot more exciting. I feel like, cause then you would have seen like, how does Kerr adjust to what Vogel's doing, to what Kerr did, to what Vogel did. And how do the players interact? It'd be interesting if the Lakers and Golden State, they match up tomorrow and then somehow they managed to meet at the Western conference finals. Wouldn't that be ironic? I mean, the only way is if Golden State beats us and then we beat. <laughs> well, no, if, if we beat Golden State and Golden State's the eighth seed, they somehow managed yeah. to beat Utah they and then they get bracket. to the second round. But we would not meet them until the Western Conference Finals. That would be astounding. That would be, I don't know, there's no other way that you could meet the same team twice in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a first. Yeah. This weird play-in <laughs> formula, which would be, that in and of itself would be kind of stupendous. Like, what? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. As, as right, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's but I crazy... feel like every matchup the Lakers have this playoffs could be something that you would want to see later on. I mean, totally. you know, the the up and coming oh. Phoenix or Dallas or or, or who, whoever they play. I, I think no matter Except what, San Antonio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see San Antonio. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> especially V Garcia. Nope. And he's in San Antonio. Right, right. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Laker Tom, I want to ask you this, when it comes to the rest of the Golden State Warriors, because we're completely ignoring them and just laying the focus on on those two, Draymond and Stefan, and I understand that it would be better if they had a more well-rounded team, but the reason why they're in the standings where they are is because of the fact they don't have that depth that a lot of the other Western Conference powerhouses do. So I want to hear your thoughts on Jordan Poole, JTA. Is there anybody else out there that you would think Wiggins – is there anyone out there that you think might impact this game more so than just being just a complimentary player? Well, I think Wiggins has, has shown recently that he can he can be an impact player, and Poole has impressed me also. They're both guys who can get their own shot. They can get hot at three. The big problem that the Warriors really have is that other than Looney, they don't have anybody big. And with, with Wiseman out, they started to go small and they started to play better for the last half of the season. They they're a top five defensive team. So they're, they're really finding that they've always been a better small ball team than a big ball team. And they've always gotten these centers that it's almost like it reminds me of the Lakers of always trying to go big instead of really focusing in on what is their strength, which is really small with our version of small ball, which has Anthony Davis and, LeBron James at the four and five, which is a pretty dynamic small ball team. Um, so I, you know, whether we end up beating him with big ball or small ball, uh, it's it's going to turn on the simple fact that whichever way we go, we have a bigger, rougher, taller, tougher group of guys in the front court than they're going to have, and we should dominate the boards. We should dominate the points in the paint. Um, and that basically should end the game, you know, and if we don't take advantage of that early and build up a lead so that we can neutralize any comeback capability that the Warriors have, it should be an easy game for the Lakers. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Golden State, you know, I mean, just like, I mean, you could obviously see that, imagine that team next year with Clay back, and if they made a trade for Miles Turner. You know, all of a sudden you have a formula there that could be really deadly, a combination of, of Miles Turner and, and Draymond Green at the 4-5 would be a sort of a combination of that I've tried to get for two or three years now of Miles Turner and Anthony Davis at the 4-5 for the Lakers. You basically put a lid on the basket at that point in time. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Raphael. Uh, you know, if if what Tom says is true, and I think that's true, and that's something that we've talked about throughout the season. That's something Laker Tom was screaming about. That's something we were talking about way back in the last playoff run. Was it the team is best when AD is at the five, LeBron's at the four, 
you've got two defensive minded guards that can also score and hit the three that, you know, KCP seems to turn up a notch in the playoffs. You saw how he did in the finals in those crucial moments. He was really stepping it up. And then you have Dennis Schroeder, who is not afraid of anything. And he's very aggressive and should make life miserable for any opposing guard that he plays in front of. So I want to hear your thoughts on who plays that other spot. Last year was Markeith Morris, but this year, I don't want to say he struggled at times, but he's also been put out of the lineup and he's been kept out of the lineup for extensive periods of times. If it's not him, who else would you lean on coming off for as far as that fifth slot, as far as the Lakers small lineup is concerned? That's a tough question. Would you go to Kuz? Yeah, I mean, I would be the first person I would go with. I just don't. Like, on one hand, I get why they signed Drummond. I mean, you're not really paying him anything. But it just created a logjam. I think it made Frank's job a lot more difficult than it should have been. What's interesting is, and I guess I can say it now, but I was um, in L.A. pretty much every other week throughout the beginning of this year with Dwayne Dedman. And I thought he would have been the perfect fit for the Lakers. And um, look at Lakers, Tom's eyes just rolled when you said that. Because <laughs> we said that same thing. Yeah, he was he was there. He he wasn't healthy at the time. And then they ended up signing Drummond before before he went to Miami. But and it's interesting because all we did was work on shooting. I mean, that's what he got paid for as a floor spacer. But Miami isn't allowing him to shoot. They only want him to roll. But I thought he would have been a perfect fit because he would have given the Lakers a, you know, like a a rebounder energy guy that could also knock down open shots. And LeBron hasn't had a a stretch five. He hasn't had a four spacer since he's been there, which. Marcus is the closest thing to it. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, Gasol, I mean, I don't. Anyway, so, yeah, I just feel like. I don't know who's going to be the, the the fifth starter. AD needs to play the five. Like, I don't even understand why he didn't start the season at the five. I mean, and maybe if they said they wanted to save him from punishment because it was such a short season. But, I mean, you just won a championship with him playing the majority of the minutes at the five. Why not run it back? So, we yeah, ain't. I guess I would go Kuz. The other guy might be Wes Matthews. Because Matthews can, Matthews can guard a wing and set something that KCP and Dennis can't. And, and Wes has been shooting a three very good lately. So he, so he might go, be my pick for that. So you go Dennis, Wes, KCP, LeBron, and AD. And AD. Yeah, I mean, to me, that makes a lot of sense. But then, I don't know. I guess Especially you, against the Warriors because they can't. They can't force one of those guards off of the bench. They can't put him on the bench. They can't play him out of the game. Who's that? You can, the Warriors can't play. Well, if you if you have Watt, Matthews, KCP, and Schroeder, yeah, those are three guys that the Warriors cannot. They don't have the size to go out and create a mismatch to force you right. to adjust to that. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. I think uh, you know the pace and space deal, but they hit those guys. Dennis Schroeder, not necessarily because he's not a great three-point shooter, but he can drive. He creates problems for the defense because he can drive and dish, and he can occasionally hit the three-pointer. I wish he was shooting as well as he was in Oklahoma City. I mean, that would be a a much better scenario right now for us, but he's not. But he still is a very aggressive offensive player, and he's very tenacious defensively. 
And I think that he will make life hard for Curry, him or KCP. I think they're going to trade off on, on Curry and take turns on that. And then, like you said, Wes Matthews could go ahead and play. How much you're going to get from Wes Matthews? I would not give him extended minutes because of his age. He is 35, 36 in that range himself, but he can give you 20 to 25 good minutes, I think, effectively, plus hit that shot. So you can toggle it up if you're going to get Drummond out of the game quickly and go to a Kuz, go to a Matthews, and go to even a Markeith Morris if he can find something as far as his shot is concerned. If he can even shoot a little bit, that makes things so much better and so much more open space for the Lakers right there. So like you guys, I mean, if the Lakers play just to their talent tomorrow, it should not be an issue and the Lakers should pull out on top. But, you know, at Stephen Curry, I think it's going to keep the game close enough because just for the fact that the whole team will be on his shoulders. Something you said was kind of funny about Schroeder being a tenacious defender. And I was talking to a friend of mine that played with him and he said that um, Dennis stopped, picking up full court once he got his contract, you know, on his rookie deal, he used to pick up full court. And the comment he made is Dennis wants a hundred. He wants a hundred million this year. So he may start picking up full court again in yep. the playoffs. Just I wouldn't be surprised. He, he wants to get paid. But he's looking for a paycheck. That's for sure. And he's got better be playing like it. V Garcia asks if, do we think we, we should play THT? And do you think he can get Curry in foul trouble with his ability to drive? THT, he's got to learn to finish a little bit better. I think for someone who is so spectacular driving to the basket, I think the problem with his finishing when he's not able to finish these baskets a lot of times is still concerning me. But I also think the fact that he's 20, if he goes against Curry, he's going to be eaten alive. And I see two fouls in two minutes and getting him out of the game real quickly. I, I would not want to put him in, in on Curry right now unless you have to. Jamie, what are your thoughts? I agree completely. I think THT would get eaten alive by a veteran like Steph Curry. Uh, I don't think, I think THT is a little bit better. He's not a great perimeter on the three point line defender. He's a little bit better under the screens down the paint where he doesn't have to, he doesn't have a lot of lift. So, you know, the kid just needs more experience. This is not the series for THT to shine. No doubt he'll get some, some burn. I'll bet he'll be playing the 10 to 15 minute range, you know, mainly with the second unit hopefully with somebody who uh, else who can also bring the ball up because you don't want Golden State to, you know, I, I don't know that THT has really seen a trap this season. I can't think of a time when I've seen him get trapped in the backcourt and, and be forced to be, get creative and getting the ball across the line. You know, every possession is going to matter in this plan. So I, I, I don't see us as having a lot of possessions to burn on that kind of experiment, which I, I think overall has gone fairly positively. I think, you know, we, we got a lot out of THT this season. Um, we saw the issues that THT has to work on over the summer, uh, and I expect in the right series he'll he'll have a he'll have a, a, a featured role. Yeah, uh, don't see that in this series. Um, I mean, I guess you could say like maybe put him on like Wiggins, somebody who's physically a little bigger than him, but his arms, uh, his his you know his arm length and wingspan can can maybe make up a little bit for that. But I would go with Matthews over THT in those minutes. If you're looking for defense and if you're looking for scoring, I would go with Macklemore over THT because. You know, <laughs> well, it depends what, what kind of scoring you're looking for. If you're looking for outside shooting, but if if you don't have a rim protector, which they don't have, and all of a sudden you can't score, and shooter has shooter has foul problems or something like that, THT is a guy you can bring in when you don't have a rim protector who can get to the rim and and put in eight ten points real quickly. 
It can't. It could happen. I think Golden State's too good. I think. I. I, I think that he's not going to guard Steph, though. You're right there. No, there's no way. I, I, that's just. That's that's because I, if he does, I, he's going to get hunted. He's going to get hunted. Exactly. Curry will hunt him out, and the problem is, though, he's going to get to the line because THT will will get the calls. Will get the calls against him, and yeah. I think that's a that's a bread and butter for Curry is getting to those nine and ten free throws on on really big games for him. Fouls are going to be an issue in this game tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, you know, if, if we pick up, if, if Drummond and Gasol are fouling, two, three fouls, well, they're going to hunt. They're going to hunt Drummond. Yeah. You know that on a pick and roll. They're going to be in the bonus a lot, and so it's going to yeah. be, you know, that's going to be the key to winning tomorrow is playing defense without fouling. And if we do that well, I, I don't think Golden State can beat us. But if you know they're going to the line ten more times than we are, plus Steph, that's a lot for this Laker team to overcome. So it's going to be interesting. I, well, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Yep. How many guys play tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to say a little bit you know, more 10. than they do in the, play, in the playoffs. I'm going to say nine, maybe 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 10. in that range. I think Frank Vogel's still going to try and figure out and use this game to test it out if the Lakers are at least winning or, or, or in a position to go ahead and feel comfortable. He's going to start testing the lineups a little bit more and give guys maybe a little bit of burn. Even for a five to ten minute span, I think I'd say ten. I'd say ten's a good number, Jamie Sweet. I agree with you. I think you have to treat this as if it's game seven. Agreed. But he won't. I I don't think I'm just I'm not saying I disagree with you, Raphael, but I'm 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 saying that I think that's the way it will go. Whether or not you you and I both agree that I would treat it as a game seven. I want to get this done and over with as fast as possible. I want to get them into the situation where it was like today at Indiana where you're leading by 30 at halftime and going into third quarter. That's what I want. I want to get this done ASAP. Don't give Curry a chance to get anywhere in here as far as in a position to make things more harder on yourself. Yeah, you don't want to get in a situation where you are you have another game coming up and it's fighting for your season and you get a, yeah. a lucky Memphis team that goes unconscious for three, which I've seen them do. <laughs> Especially with Jaron Jackson back, he just opens the floor up for Morant, and then once he's in the paint, he just creates so many open looks. So if I'm Vogel, I'm treating this like game six or seven. I'm I'm pretty much running the same lineup I ran in Miami when you know it looks like Miami was picking up a little momentum. I'm not That's risking. Should be doing right from the start of the game in order to get yeah. that early lead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not risking. You know, guys' feelings of trying to figure out my playoff rotation. Like it's if we so but, uh, now that, prompts, that prompts another question for me then. So if we do go small, and it is AD at the five, Braun at the four, does that mean Caruso starts? No, I think or, I think who then? I would start Matthews. Or I think who? I think Matthews might start if that was the situation, because I think he's the best fit because. You're really not going small if you put Morris in there, for example. And I do think Morris is no. going to be important before these playoffs are done. I don't think he's a forgotten man in any sense of the word. Yeah, because, I think he plays more than Trez in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, definitely, because he, he's a guy who can who can play a little bit of stretch five, and he can and he can definitely defend fours. And you notice one of the things that I really liked about the evolution of his game this year is rather than just taking only threes, he's been taking smaller guys down into the post and making very easy, good, quick turnaround jumpers 10 to 15 feet. And he's been been dynamite on those shots. 
And that's part of the problem that Frank has had. You know, you can look at it as good news and bad news. The good news is that every time he tries to put somebody out of the rotation, they come back and play really well and work their <laughs> way back into the rotation. Yeah. So, you know, I think, like Raphael said, it's really not a game seven because it's not win or go home. Uh, it's more like a game six because we get one more shot at it if we if we fail. But I think there's got to be a short leash on everybody. And that, to me, that says if you win big, you're going to play a lot of people because you're going to have a lot of garbage time. And if it's close, there's going to be a short leash on people. So if you don't play really well at the beginning, boom, you're out and somebody else is going to get a chance to show what they can do. So I think we're going to play a lot of people like we normally do in every game. You know who I would play? I just come out <laughs> guns blazing. I'd go Schroeder, KCP, McLemore, Braun, AD. We're looking to score. Well, you can you can afford it with, that with those four guys on defense. That's not a bad move, Raphael, because you can afford to cover up for. It. Yeah, but they're funny. says Jared Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he had the best defensive say. rating in the one game he played this year at the at the end of the season. I mean, yeah, maybe Dudley to put some hard fouls. Maybe use him to try to break their mind or something. Like take a charge. Have, have him take a charge. <laughs> like, well, that's that's a charge. Seriously, was it? Was he playing? He's playing for Brooklyn, and he came in and sparked it by causing like a little dust up against the Sixers or something like that a few years ago. Yes. Yeah, Dudley would have a higher. Your, your job is a. Hard file, frustrate Draymond, get him a tech. He, he, um, Draymond might be close to like that suspension or whatever. So. Doesn't that reset though? That reset, right? For the or does it? Yeah, I think it resets. Reset. Well, this is not but the playoffs. Right? Lucas and Dwight Howard, then. Right. This yeah, is right. not the playoffs. I think it resets for, for this. I would say it this, resets for this play is so weird, right? There's like yeah. so many things. Like, is this? Yeah. Would, Don't call out the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think Don't call so. I think the playoffs. They, you know, everybody gets to yell at the refs at least six times, I think. So, okay. <laughs> we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up to date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's been an incredible talking to you guys about the playoff or play-in preview that we did, not only for the Lakers and Golden State tomorrow, but also as well San Antonio and Memphis. Looking forward to both of those games. Once again, Indiana destroyed Charlotte and sent them packing 144 to 117. Right now in the second quarter, Washington has a four-point lead over Boston, so it looks like it's going to be a pretty close game. As Rafael and I predicted, we – we were actually, uh, I think we both went Charlotte, Washington. Is that correct? Yeah, I definitely had Charlotte. Yeah, we thought there was more issues on, on Indiana than there actually apparently was. So we called that wrong. But Indiana has size, which is what Charlotte totally lacks. That's yeah, the differentiator. That's, true. that's something that showed up today. But definitely uh, looking forward to tomorrow's games. But before we head on out, guys, I know you're working on some great things that 
Lakerholics.com and NBA Draft Junkies, and also the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. So before we head on out, I will first turn it over to my good friend, Mr. Raphael. We will not be covering the playoffs on a daily basis this year. I think that you know, your time frame and also my time frame and my sanity will not allow me to do so this year because I was just tough doing it every single day. <laughs> I'm a Blazers fan. I'm not a Lakers fan. And what worked last year helped the Lakers win a championship. So if you want to break tradition, that's fine with me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Blazers and Lakers in the Western Conference Final. Let's go for that. Let's go. That would be awesome. Now, if they get, if they both get to the Western Conference Finals, we'll, we'll cover that. Obviously, we'll be there at, for every game anyways. But we'll see how much playoff coverage we do. I definitely want to cover the Lakers games in full. And if, and if you want to go ahead and do extra games with me, just tell me, let me know, and we'll go ahead and do them. But I know your schedule's tight with all the stuff that you do for NBA Draft Junkies and Locked On NBA Draft Podcasts. I want to go ahead and turn over to you first. You've got all the stuff that's going on with NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, the 14,000-plus subscribers there, NBADraftJunkies.com, and, of course, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. You had a great episode that dropped yesterday, but what do you have going on as far as everything in your world that people need to know about? Sorry, I'm smiling because I just saw Westbrook dunk on his teammate, and, <laughs> and it looks like he injured him. Never doubt yes. Yes. That would not be surprising. <laughs> just the same old uh you know locked on as a couple of days a week and then it's it's full swing with with the uh draft coming up unlike last year the draft was like significantly later than the actual nba finals or the playoffs but this year it's, it's kind of back on its normal schedule so yeah, that's what keep me pretty busy then i'm um, trying to attend like different workouts in dallas and get some exclusive content and uh but yeah other than that just locked on nba draft and I'm on Mondays and Thursdays and then NBADraftJunkies.com and also NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. Who's going to win the series with the Nuggets and the Blazers? Blazers, they have to. If they don't, then Stotts is done. Well, we'll save that for Friday. Save that for Friday because we're going to go into detail on the entire playoff scene. The entire playoff scene. So I'm inviting you back, Raphael, Wednesday, if you can make after the game or if you want to make it on Friday's show, that's up to you. You're, you're more than welcome to because I want to do a detailed playoff preview on Friday and, and we'll go and break down all the different series because we'll have a, a listing after the game on Friday to make sure everybody's up front on that. So that's up to you. If you want to, you're more than welcome back. But Jamie Sweet, I know you're working on some great stuff for your five things at Lakerholics.com. Yeah, working on that. Uh, carving out time to actually watch the game tomorrow. It's going to be rough. You don't need to do that. <laughs> who needs just to be writing just be writing for laker let's, let's, let's check the laker box you like, writing for laker um, you don't need to watch it i just want to also say never doubt russell westbrook everybody doubts russell westbrook i don't know why they doubt russell westbrook never doubt russell westbrook you know we doubted him during that, that amazing against the lakers he uh, had right? a max contract it turned into dust and then he reignited the max contract whatever <laughs> I'm sticking by what I just said. I don't doubt the ability, the heart, or the tenacity of Russell. Oh, no, no, nobody doubts the heart and tenacity of him. But remember, in the playoffs last year, we were doubting his jump shot. And but he had the quad injury and COVID. I think. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was. He was like half the player. He he was he was injured. I, no. Yeah, and you can see the effects of that now. Yes. But he had yes. the moment of the playoffs when he had was it game one, and he cussed out the empty crowd. 
Did yeah. you ever see that video where they? Wasn't it a rel- It was a relative of Rondo, wasn't it? It was, it was before <laughs> that. It was game one. They won. Oh, okay. And someone made a cut up of him, like you know, going off and cussing. And then when they panned over to the crowd, it was like the the Raptors family, and it was like a bunch of like the wives <laughs> holding the babies, and they were, they were like, <laughs> "What?" And I was like, "Was he talking to me?" Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't the actual a- game. But it was like they. You know, someone just kind of cut it up of saying he's crazy, and they just had like you know, the moms and the babies having bottles, and him just going off and yelling. But even then, it, it was like the empty crowd, and right. after game one. But I know he there was the one where he went off on on Rajon Rondo's brother. Yeah, but that was when yeah. I think they were done. Like yeah. they were already down. Yeah, that was. The, I think that was the last game. Last okay. game, yeah. Let's be honest. Was Rajon won. Rondo's brother ever done? Well, was yeah. he cutting? Isn't he? Was he responsible for cutting hair? In yeah. the uh, in the bubble, I, yeah, exactly. Maybe you um, maybe didn't like his haircut. Sure does, does a great job. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I could I could use a haircut actually. Are, the, are the Lakers and the Clippers in the same bracket? No, no, they would meet in the Western. The Clippers Conference made a big effort to get out of that bracket. Yes. Be, everybody be, tried to lose that you know, so they didn't have to face the Lakers, and the the Clippers did the best job of losing. It could end up Clippers Clippers Blazers. Right. And I mean, there's so many different storylines. I wouldn't mind. I, I mean, I'm a Blazers fan, obviously, but Clippers, Lakers would be the ideal matchup. I'm sure they would want the whole Rondo Cousins and Trez situation I saw a few few games ago. It's true. Um, but yeah, sorry, but that's a whole nother no, no, story. No, no, no that's, that's <laughs> going to be fun. We're going to be interested. Although I would love to have playoff Rondo, who I'm finally on board with playoff because he's playing a lot better now. Now that he left Atlanta, it's funny. You go get the paycheck in Atlanta, and then you go ahead and get traded to the Clippers. And now you start playing like playoff Rondo. Hmm. Wonder that reminds me of of his years in L.A. when he finally decided to go ahead and turn on the playoffs. Laker Tom and I would go at each other as far as Rondo's concerned until I finally got on the the Rondo playoff train. But <laughs> I still think Cousins would have been a better for our team overall. I think Laker Tom agrees with me on that. But Jamie Sweet with his five. Things on LakerHollis.com, Raphael Barlow with his Locked On NBA Draft podcast and NBADraftJunkies.com and NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. But there's also Laker Tom with his great Medium.com stories and also his articles at LakerHollis.com. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the game tomorrow because it's really they. I know that they're they're selling it as an appetizer to the playoffs that you can come and watch this great game and so forth, but. It's really, it's really almost a preview of the playoffs from the Lakers standpoint, because how Andre Drummond plays in this game will have a big bearing on how he plays the rest of the playoffs and the decisions that Frank Vogel makes and how he approaches teams going small on him and Anthony Davis's, you know, somewhat reluctance to play the five. uh, Those are both going to be situations that are going to be addressed directly by this game. So that's basically what I'm looking forward to seeing happen. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping we see AD play a lot at the five. I'm hoping we see I'm hoping we see uh, Drummond actually come through and continue to be a guy who can put up 15 and 15 for us in any given game. Uh, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you know Dre show his value that he can be. You know, and I and I give him a lot of credit because uh, he has not tried to play the way he did with the Pistons and the way he did with the Cavaliers. He's bought into how the Lakers want him to play. 
he gets his few little passes here and there, an occasional post-up play. Um, but generally, when he gets a rebound, he's not looking to take a bad shot. He's looking to to find an open cutter, an open plat, an open shooter, and get the ball to them. And he's done a pretty doggone good job of it. You know, I, so I, I'm really rooting for Dre. I know it, it appears that at times that I really don't appreciate what he can bring to the table. I'm just a big fan of having a modern NBA center who can block shots and shoot from outside. But uh, if he comes through in this game and is able to deal with uh, Steph and and Dre hunting him out on pick and rolls every single time down the court, and he can actually play well, that'll be a big plus for the Lakers. That will be a big plus for the Lakers. And for everyone out there that wants to go ahead and check out what Laker Tom is doing, Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, it's been great talking to each and every one of you as we preview the playing games for tomorrow. Once again, Indiana is looking to face off against the winner against Washington, Boston, and it's a two-point game at the half, so we'll see what happens there. We will update you on that going on on tomorrow's show. Plus, of course, we'll have wrap-ups of San Antonio and Memphis, and of course, the highlighted game, the game that is getting Adam Silver all riled up, all happy there in New York, because he's so happy that Steph Curry plays against LeBron James in his mastermind creation, the play-in games. And that's the first one that kicks off. So you know he's got to be thrilled that this is happening. And after that game, we'll go ahead and be here for you talking about that and so much more as we cover the NBA playoffs as only we can right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.